Welcome to Obstetrics and Gynaecology Emergencies. This is a podcast developed by the Obstetrics and Gynaecology Group of University College Dublin. It aims to review common emergencies in obstetrics and gynaecology. The podcast is primarily directed at UCD students, but students from other universities are very welcome to listen. We will review each emergency in six ways. The following podcast is the third of six episodes reviewing primary postpartum hemorrhage, or PPH. So now I'm going to talk about definitions. We've chosen primary PPH just to remind you as the first emergency, as it's one of the most common causes of maternal morbidity and mortality worldwide. Previous podcasts reviewed both risk factors and causes. One of the most common definitions of PPH is bleeding from the genital tract, greater than 500 mils following a vaginal delivery, or greater than 1,000 mils or a litre at caesarean delivery. This will fail to distinguish between those women who've lost, say, 501 mils and those who've lost 5 litres of blood. So many subdivide a PPH based on the quantity of blood loss, with some saying that that greater than a litre is significant, another greater than 1.5 litres being major. Another group defined PPH as blood loss sufficient to cause signs or symptoms of hemodynamic compromise. And this reflects the thought that different women will have different blood volumes, and therefore the same blood loss will affect them in different ways. If you consider that the blood volume is usually about 100 mL per kilo, then a woman with a weight of, say, 50 kilos might have 5 litres of blood volume, as opposed to 10 litres in a woman of 100 kilos. It's not an exact calculation, but it illustrates why a woman with a lower BMI may not tolerate the same blood loss as a woman with a higher BMI, as it reflects different proportions of their blood volume. As well as their actual BMI, women may differ in their baseline haemoglobin or cardiac status. So a woman who enters labour with a haemoglobin of 7 grams per deciliter is not going to tolerate blood loss as well as a woman who enters her labour with a haemoglobin of 13 grams per deciliter. And this is one of the many reasons why we make sure that women are not anemic in pregnancy. A woman with a previous history of a cardiac event may not tolerate blood loss as well as a woman who doesn't have a history of a cardiac event. Finally, a primary PPH can be defined based on use of blood products, so that some say a major PPH requires a transfusion of greater 4 units of blood products or treatment for coagulopathy. The reason this is used as a definition for PPH is based on subjective assessment for blood loss. Numerous papers have shown that clinical staff underestimate blood loss. Use of blood products may be more subjective, but it may also reflect local practice and attitude to blood transfusion, so it's not a perfect definition either. One last point. For all these podcasts, we'll be reviewing primary PPH. PPH can also be subdivided based on the time of the bleed in relation to delivery, so that primary PPH occurs within 24 hours of delivery and a secondary PPH from 24 hours to 6 weeks following delivery. These podcasts don't cover secondary PPH at present. We might do that in the future. But to make it more complete, I'd just like to tell you that secondary PPH is usually either caused by infection of the endometrium, called endometritis, or retained products conception, that is, either retention in the uterus of either a piece of placenta or membrane. Many thanks for listening to this third podcast on primary PPH and its definitions. In the next podcast, we're going to review the initial management of a woman with a primary PPH. Thanks for listening.